Welcome to the Life Well Done Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm a strength conditioning and mental performance coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things movement, mindset, and nutrition. I'm on a mission to help you break free of your mental prison and uncover your most powerful self so your best days are no longer a thing of the past. If you enjoy listening, please be sure to rate and review the podcast and share it with someone you think needs to hear it. You can connect with me on Instagram at lifewelldone. All right, dude, Christopher Bean back in action. So we're just hey, like, <laughs> you know, accepting offers left and right from each other's podcasts, which is sweet uh, to be able to communicate with you because, man, getting in the uh, Instagram now we're now we're texting buddies, but to to mm-hmm. do those things, man, it's long winded. And you're like, holy shit, this is a conversation, yeah, all in its own right. Yep. So, um, super pumped to to have you back on, dude, uh, alumnist, and uh, always value your your time and, and your your thoughts. You're a very well thought out person, and um, thanks, it's man. Cool. It's cool because we we do share a lot of parallels in in our journey, and um, I think we're gonna dive into that a little bit today and talking about what it means to have, you know, to experience fear of success. Um, we, we often hear about um, the fear of failure, which is a powerful uh, narrative, but the fear of success is one we hear about, but I don't think we ever really understand. And it's mm-hmm. not until we understand it where we're like, holy shit, that's pretty loud. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what we're diving into today, man. And, um, but no, as an alumnus, let's, let's give the like 30 second, um, intro of who Christopher Bean is and what's up. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess start the clock. Um, I am Christopher Bean, obviously. You said my name four times, I think. Uh, I am a power athlete block one coach. I'm a CrossFit level two trainer. I'm currently studying to become a Westside Barbell certified coach. Um, and I coach at two separate facilities down here in, um, down here in Lexington, Kentucky in two different suburbs, Winchester and, uh, Georgetown. And I got into, got into coaching. I grew up, uh, obese. I was obese as a kid. Um, I found the gym, I found weight loss. I found lifting weights. Um, I found CrossFit for a long time and, uh, just needed to make a change. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, long story short, my doctor took me aside one day when I was 16. She's like, you're not going to see 30. She's like, you might not see 25. Um, I'm 28 now, which is a good, which is, which is nice. Um, so obviously I'm doing something right. Um, and just, you know, started hammering away at it. As I put it, I fucked the process a lot. Um, I'm sure I'll talk on that a little bit in this one. Um, but I remember how, how weirdly terrifying it was to get healthy because I'd spent so long being so heavy and unhealthy. Um, so yeah, I think that's just what we're going to kind of wrap on today is like, where's that fear of success come from? Cause that I also noticed came up, came over within my coaching career as well. Being afraid to go after the things and the certs and talking and reaching out to people that like I admire and look up to in this industry and just wanted information or to open a dialogue with in any sort of way. Um, yeah, dude, but yeah, that's, um, I, I laugh not at you, but with you because it, it's, 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 um, incredibly relatable from my own uh, vantage point. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's super exciting, but, um, episode 37 is, uh, when, when you were last on, um, so if anyone listening, uh, didn't catch that one, head back to it. Um, we, we did talk about, uh, being too big and too small, right. We were talking Mm -hmm. about, um, body image and I have a feeling that's going to come through again today with this fear of success, but, um, yeah, we definitely wrapped on that. So, um, this is sweet, dude. Um, 
the fear of success for me is a really interesting thing because it was pretty recently that I felt like I began to understand what what the depths of that, you know, those three words really meant. Um, kind of alluded to it, like fear of failure. Everybody has an idea of fear of failure. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to, have to start oh, whatever. We it's, yeah. that's low hanging fruit. That's a very easy thing. I think everybody has it, how they use it, maybe a different story, but um, the fear of success for me is, is very much about changing stories, um, changing narratives about ourselves. that, you know, it's, it's a lot, a lot of um, who do I have to become to have said success? And then our natural innate um, mechanisms from our brain going, nah, we're not going to go there. That's not what yeah. we're going to do. Um, so I think that's a really fascinating thing because in three words, we've, we have the, this rabbit hole to go down that I, I don't know if we, we ever really get to the true depths of it. And it's mm -hmm. because there's so much work along the way and it's enjoyable work because dude, the, the person holding you back is you. It's this fight of it's, it's inner Brian with another inner Brian. It's the shadows. It's um, you know, as I'm going through all this work of like the, the, you know, boy psychology versus the man psychology, all these things. So to me, this is a really cool topic. And, um, inside of that, man, fear of success, where does that show up or what does it really mean? And, and how do you, how have, how has it embodied your, um, your process, your journey? So the way that I usually put it, um, I had a buddy who, uh, he would come in and out of the gym that I used to coach at. Uh, he'd come for, you know, six months, maybe a year, and then he'd leave for another year. Um, he'd come in, he'd get strong, he'd lose weight. Um, and he's a, he's a, he's a smaller guy, but he, he, he was heavier. He's lost a lot of weight now. Um, and he kept coming back and he kept coming back. And finally, like one day he'd been gone for about six months and I was drinking bourbon with him. And I was like, I was like, man, I'm not going to like, I never do. I was like, I'm never going to make you come to the gym. I'm never going to berate you into it. Like I had a rule that I would text him for the first week that he was gone. I'd be like, Hey, you coming to the gym today? You coming to the gym today? And if he said, no, I just let him be right. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it one night and he, uh, he told me, he was like, he's like, I just don't like it. He's like, mm -hmm. I just, I just don't enjoy going to the gym. I don't enjoy CrossFit that much. He's like, I, j I just don't want to do it. And I'm like, cool, then don't do it. I was like, but <laughs> you, you should find something. I was like, a lot of people fucking hate it. I was like, don't do it then, man. And what he ended up doing was in the last like year, I think in the last year he got one of those Peloton bikes and he fucking hammers that thing every day. And he's lost a shit ton of weight, super proud of him. He's really healthy. Um, he's gotten a lot healthier anyway. And what I remember telling him that night is that like, people get addicted to where they're at, especially when you're heavy, right? And the problem, the reason that you run into that, especially when you're like really overweight or you're obese in my case, is that like, it becomes this all encompassing part of your personality, right? It's the, it tends to be the first thing someone notices about you. Not, not because they're like, not because of vanity or because they're like, you know, a shitty person or something. But when someone's like, you know, like I was like, when someone's 200 pounds overweight, it's really hard for that not to be the first thing that you see, yeah. right? It's right there in front of you. Um, and so what it does is it becomes this huge and all encompassing portion of your personality for so, for so much of my life and for so much of like my teenage years, and my childhood, um, I was, you know, 
I was the last one to start dating. I was the last one to lose my virginity. I was the last one to kiss a girl. I was the last one to do any kind of those things. And what people would always sum it up to, honestly, and like looking back, this is a shitty thing to do, but I did it as well. What people would always sum it up to is that I was just heavy. And that's why all these things got in the way. (laughs) So what ended up happening is that you end up developing, you develop, like you said earlier, like you develop this narrative in your head of like, well, this is my role, right? Like this is my role. This is who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. This is my role in the group. And everyone's like, you're nice. You're funny. You're just heavy. And I'm like, I don't, number one, why would you say that to me? And number two, like, like not out of concern for my health, but just like, I'm not getting laid when we go out. So like, yeah. that's the fucking problem. Um, I, ch- I choose not to get laid. So <laughs> I choose not to get laid. I'll have, I'll have, you know, um, I turned down so many numbers. <laughs> um, Y'all don't but, even know. <laughs> but yeah, but it is, man. It, it becomes one of those things like you get, you get addicted to it and you get, um, that role, that narrative, it becomes, it becomes what you are. So for so much of my life, I was just, I was just the obese heavy kid. I was just sick. I would be sweaty by the time I got to a top of like two flights of stairs. I would be out of breath walking upstairs in like my fucking house. Right. Um, but I remember, cause like, and I hope it doesn't take this for most people, but I remember when my doctor told me, she was like, Hey, you're not going to see 30. Um, and you're going to just keep getting like, like you're going to become more ill than you are mm-hmm. like not in a good way. She was like, you're gonna, that was a really big wake up call for me. Cause it, 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 what it did was even for just a moment, it planted that seed of pushing all the bullshit aside yeah. and it dropped, yeah. it dropped a bomb into the middle of my narrative of like, okay, this can be the narrative, but this is where this is leading. Like, this is the end of the book. Like, this is what's coming. You have a timeline now. Um, what I think is pretty cool about that too, is that <clears throat> a lot of people crumble, mm-hmm. you know, it basically what your doctor told you is you have a choice yeah you know you get to make this choice you know the same choice that anybody else gets to make do you want pizza or do you want oh, salad these are terrible references of food but 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 i know uh, you mean. but like yeah <laughs> it's, like it's a good general example right you know of like what choice are you willing to make right now and mm-hmm. that's that's essentially the opportunity of your quote-unquote coming coming to jesus or facing yeah. facing yourself in darkness of like yeah no dude no one's coming to save you yeah people are people are trying to help but you are the reason that you are going to be quote-unquote saved or whatever i'm using too many quotes already today um but but the idea of like you're in control of of redirecting this path this narrative and everything else there's people here to support you but you have to be the one that makes the decision just the same way you can make that decision of going fuck it i'm gonna live it up fat until i die yeah that's an option. It's, it's totally yeah. an option. Quite frankly, that's the option you've chosen for X amount of years now and not for any right or wrong reasons. That's just the path and the journey you are leading. Yeah. You know, you can change that. You can take a different turn. And it, and it really does, man. Like, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, but I remember like the first time, the first time I worked out, it felt, it felt like my first workout was I quote unquote ran basically I just didn't fall over for three blocks. And then I thought my heart was going to break out of my chest and explode. So I just, and I walked home and I remember it felt good, but there was this part of my brain that was terrified of it. Oh yeah. Right. And, and like, I remember losing that amount of weight, number one, it's effort anyway, but there was this added layer of like, I'm, you're physically stripping away parts of who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't have, and the problem is that like the reason that I think that fear came up for me of like actually losing weight and, like at this point in the story 
is that I was stripping away parts of who I was and I didn't have a relationship with the person underneath. Mm, that's huge. Right. That's huge. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have a relationship with who I am now. The person I am now on this podcast did not exist at that point. Um, I didn't have the relationship with the Chris that can deadlift 500 pounds any day of the week. I didn't have a relationship with the Chris that can power clean 300. I didn't have a relationship with coaching Chris or, you know, can have healthy relationships, Chris, or isn't suicidal, Chris. Right. So every, so like every step of that run was getting further away from like who I'd been for my entire childhood and and all through my teenage years. And there's something in for as toxic as a lot of my life was, especially in my own head, um, I always tell people that there's a comfort in hitting rock bottom. Oh, yeah, because dude. It, yeah. Cause at least you're not falling anymore. Like, you know, where you are, right. You're like, you're like, you're here, you're at the bottom. But then as soon as you start taking steps to get out of that hole, you're climbing back up and you're worried you're going to start slipping yeah. like down oh, here, dude. down here, down here, it's settled. It's solid ground. Mm-hmm. Right. If I, if I start climbing and digging out hand and foot divots, like into this fucking dirt hole, then like I might fall back and it's like, yeah, you might, and you might catch yourself and you might have to start all over again. Right. But you've got to make the climb at some point. And it is scary because your relationship is with the bottom is with the bottom. You have no idea what it looks like up top when you can walk around freely. Right. You don't know what that feels like. So you're, you're terrified of it. And, and, it's, it's, yeah. and so much of that fear comes from the uncertainty, right? I mean, like you're, you're trying to rewrite a story or that narrative to get your health back to, to really experience mm-hmm. something new, something novel for yourself. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of new um, challenges and new levels of adversity that you're going to take on that for someone else they've never experienced and go, I don't get it. Like, that's not, yeah. that's because you haven't been where I've been the same way, like other things in your life, you know, we can, insert anything and have comparison there it's interesting you bring up the rock bottom because for me it was you know when I was struggling with suicide in my early 20s that you know I felt the same way when I ended up in the psych ward now there was a lot of fear of being there there's there's so much there's so much there it's not like it's just like oh this is a day in the life uh no there's a lot of emotion that goes in there there's a lot of uncertainty there too but you I did look at myself and go man this is the reset. This is the opportunity to go back. This is the worst place I fall to. It's really just my pride at this point. That's really falling. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. that's something that I had to wrap my head around. And I still haven't. Um, although I, I feel very confident that I'm in a much better place mentally. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like to think it's obvious, but, um, you know, there is comfort in knowing that, okay, I know where the ground is. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's super comfortable knowing that that's as far as you're going to fall. Okay. Um, The other side of that dude is, is, you know, getting on that run. And as you said, running away, essentially figuratively and literally from the person you were, there's comfort in the person you were because it's familiar. Yeah. Right. I mean, we all want familiar. The fear of uncertainty is, is just like the fear of failure. And in this case, fear of success. Yeah. No, like, what do I do? Nobody fucking knows what they're doing. They just have more experience and burden of proof to say like, oh, this is kind of the way I see it apply here. That's what coaching is. Yeah. Got all these, these like little studies going on. We've, we've taken the time to invest in learning about what the common traits and characteristics are and what seems to be the right thing going forward. But as we're finding out, things change every single day in apply that story to anywhere in life and dress it up with a new cover. Yeah. It's not that different. And so to me, like there's so much, it's so much about familiarity. It's so much about 
obviously wanting to feel that safety net, it's Mm -hmm. safety and comfort. Um, But the reality is you didn't, in that case, it's hard to understand what feeling in your power, feeling your best really is when you've never even come close to, you know, grasping it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a pretty wild experience. Um, and, and the thought for me right now is coming out to where I relate a little bit to it. Cause I, I wasn't technically ever obese. I mean, I guess technically BMI says I'm probably obese right now, but, um, you know, growing up, I, I was, I was called the fat kid, fat boy, you know, and, and I, yeah. I knew that I looked different. I was the kid that wore a, a shirt in the pool until I was, mm-hmm. you know, senior in high school, whatever, unless I was comfortable around you, all these things to really hide from who I was. And now I'll be 32 this year. I'm just now starting to really get into the relationship, as you said, with the person underneath. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because when I first met my wife, I remember just hanging out. We were just sitting there in her apartment floor. And she looked at me and said, how much, how much of your insecurity with your body and your body image runs your life as an adult? And it was like, holy fuck, dude, drop the dude. And and it was like, I feel seen. I've never had anyone ask this question, but this is the strongest narrative of how I give myself value is Mm -hmm. around my body uh, shape and all these things. And you brought up with dating and stuff, dude, in fourth or fifth grade, I figured out that like, okay, I'm as athletic as all the jock looking kids. I play the same sports. I can do it all. Like you're not giving me a fair chance because I look this way. I knew that. Mm-hmm. We talked about this offline, the anger that kind of probably stems in there. But, yeah. but when it came to like liking girls, same story. Oh, well, you're so nice. You're so funny. I'm only funny because I'm fucking hiding the, the, the insecurity. <laughs> I'm not actually funny, man. I'm just making fun of everything else. So I don't have to be yeah. seen. But from a young age, that narrative got really strong and it, and it just, it was easier to tell that story about everything. I'm not a good enough coach. I'm not going to be a good enough partner, a son, a brother, a hockey player, enter anything because I'm fat. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it, and it, it, and it is because, and I think, like I said, like so much of it is at the forefront immediately, right? Before someone hears you speak, when you look in the mirror, you don't have to say anything and you just see your body and you immediately have this negative connotation for the person across from you. Right. And like reflecting back and it, it just creates this toxicity in your brain about who you are as a person. Right. And it spreads out to everything else. And it's like, oh, OK, I'm I'm obese. I'm overweight. Like, why would I be successful? Why would prom go well? Why would the, my mom told me one time she's like the first day is the first step to the breakup. And I looked there and said, Jesus Christ, mom, what the <laughs> fuck kind of mentality is that? Um but it, it, she was like, it, and she doesn't hold that anymore, but it's like, it, it's, it's just the truth. Like it's impossible for that stuff to spread out because also when you, cause like I always talk about in the gym and in class, I'm like, this shit's supposed to help you outside of the gym. Right. I want you to feel better on Friday when you leave and you've come Monday through Friday, which is weird. Cause you've just had a full training week. I want you to feel better on Friday than you did on Monday morning when you got here. And it's, and it's, it's not taught and it usually isn't talking about the physical part of it. It's talking about the mental part of it. I'm like, I want you to feel like you've done something this week. I want you to feel like you've taken these five hours for yourself. Cause most people have kids or like partners and jobs. And it's like, this is the one hour they get to themselves. Like when they come here, I'm like, I want these five hours this week to treat you well and be enjoyable and for you to get what you want out of it. Um, 
it's like when you start doing that and when I started doing that, what ended up happening was it changes the narrative in your head because then I could look in the mirror when I worked out and I'd be like, okay, I look like this. And I hated my body. I still have a very, I still have a very complicated and complex relationship with my body. And I think I I always will. Um, I think I always will, honestly. Um, But when I started doing that, these, it was inevitable. As long as I just kept working out, I would get these, I would get these feelings of like, but I feel good, but I feel good. The first time I got a pump, I was like, that feels good. That feel like, I like that. Right. First time I lifted weights, I was like, okay, I'm into this. First time I ran a mile without stopping. I was like, fuck yeah. Like I didn't give a shit what I looked like in that moment. Right. Because it just, it just, it, it planted these seeds of positivity in this, in this garden for as cliche as it is in this garden that had just been full of toxicity and like dying weeds. Yeah, dude. Right? Oh man. So, That's powerful. So, yeah. Suddenly, suddenly there's a fucking flower across the way that you're looking at and you're like, Oh, that, that stands out. That's cool. I like, I like how that looks here. I like how that feels here. And suddenly you want more of it. Right. But it is the same thing. It's like, then because what happens is that you have to take away that net in that comfort zone of, but what I understand is toxicity and dying wheat. So then you have to pull them and you have to throw them in a fucking garbage bag and go, if you just live like we do, you just got to go burn them. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to get rid of it. And you got to like, have that ritual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know what these fucking flowers are going to smell like. You don't know what they're going to look like, but you know that like it gives you this good feeling. And that feeling for me is health. Right. And that's what I always tell people. It's like health feels better. Right. And I, and I tell people all the time and I don't say it anymore because it usually gets taken the wrong way. I used to say aesthetics are bullshit. Um, and what I always meant by that is I was like, you can't, you can chase wanting to love your body. I was like, but you can't chase what you're going to look like in really good shape. If you've never been in really good shape, you don't yeah. know what it looks like. Like you, you have no idea. You can't say, make me look like this. I can't fucking make you look like that. Cause that's not you. You show me a photo of Michael Phelps at the fucking Olympics. Like when he's screaming after he's won his millionth gold medal, I can't make you look like an Olympic level swimmer. You got to go fucking swim. And also you're not seven and a half feet tall with like a <laughs> 90 inch wingspan and an elite level athlete that's been doing this his entire life. I, was I like, can, however, show you how to hit the bong. If you're interested yes. <laughs> in that, I can do that. I can do that. It's, but it uh, is paying for college. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, it, people, that's why I always encourage people. Like when I would say aesthetics are bullshit, it was always me just being like, what I was trying to say was, man, that can't be what this is about. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know, I, I know so many people that want a certain type of body and they're always the ones that end up falling off. I'm like, this, that, this has to be about something else. That chase doesn't end. And mm-hmm. not that I think that many chases do end. I think the relationship becomes altered and, and yeah. it, that journey is ever everlasting, but it becomes like you said, health feels good. That journey starts to feel good. The process becomes the actual excitement versus the aesthetics goes well when i get here and you're like you're never going to get there yeah there is too vague now if you put if you put i want to be 20 pounds lighter by this date or there are Mm -hmm. ways to make aesthetics uh related to you know very powerful but most of the time it relates to what you just said health and feeling good and you know we talk about it and again they're there's no certainty. There's no like hundred yeah. percent perfection in any of the words we're using, but the idea that performance, if you focus on your performance, mm-hmm. your aesthetics will follow. Now, does yeah. that mean you're going to look like the airbrush magazine? That's not what we said. 
we said yeah. that you will you will have the aesthetics that follow that performance. So if you are more ingrained in fueling and training and sleeping and taking care of everything to earn the performance, the growth to get to some kind of performance standard, your body's going to have not an, it's going to be really difficult for your body not to follow suit. Um, yes. You know, and that's, that's a crazy thing because we, again, you know, Matt and I were just talking about this in a live the other day of like defining words. It's important because mm-hmm. performance doesn't mean go play in the NFL. It could mean that like you lift a hundred pounds instead of 95, that performance boost. Great. There it is. Whatever you need to define it as is important, but um, I love you talking about the health feels good. And we're going to circle us back to the fear of success, because I think that the fear of success, again, in definition, most people hear success and go billionaire, multiple companies. I'm famous. I look mm-hmm. good, whatever I'm, I've made gazillion no, dollars investing, whatever. And that's not it. It's, it's the ability to first define and create the definition of like, what does success mean for you? And it doesn't mean we can't move goalposts. Yeah. Great. You achieve success. What now? What do you want to do? I would like to experience a bit more. Great. Higher or wider? Which one? Yeah. You know, what do you want to build? But whatever, wherever you are in this moment right now, what is the step to success? Sounds like goal setting, but yeah. what is the thing? What is the parameter or that? I don't want to use the word destination, but that place that you're trying to go and become the person yeah. you're trying to become, what is getting in the way of that? Is yeah. it the story of like, oh shit, if I want to be ripped up, I got to stop telling myself that I can't get my food together or I'm not worthy of that or making excuses about time for the gym. I have to change the narratives and it's mm-hmm. not a want anymore. It is a need. Yeah. Tying that health into the fear of success is the idea of right now with COVID. It's not okay to be fat. We've, t- we've talked about this in our last episode and it's blunt. Yeah. It's brutally honest. I didn't say that you have to be 6% body fat. We yeah. know though that at X, X percentage of body fat, we start seeing uh, detrimental health issues in the form mm-hmm. of disease. Now, does that mean that, you know, in this case, COVID, you don't get COVID? No, 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 no. No one's talking about not getting. We're talking about managing um, all of the downstream effects of any disease. And so that's where we start to go with when you're faced with this choice, it is about your health. It is about your longevity. It's about the people around you having to pick up the slack for you. And listen, it's at no fault, but your own, but there's a lot of contributing factors to this stuff. If you need help, you have to ask, but again, no one's coming to save you. The system will not save you. The system is actually enabling you. Yeah. And, and what I always tell people is I always, I always, I always lead with empathy. I always lead with love and understanding. Um, There's I try a lot to more to the story than we are able to see yeah. saying you're fat. No, I'm mm-hmm. not ignorant to like, I call myself fat. I know it's yeah. not because I'm fat, fat It's because I'm got a story about myself. What's going on. Let's open it up. Mm-hmm. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm like, you should, you, sh-, I think that people should, they should love themselves. Yes. Right. I will, I will never be a opponent of like, I'm not the kind of coach that berates people into things because I've never, I have never had success with it. You can't be. Um, yeah. You, and if people don't want to fucking do something, they just won't do something. And also if they create <laughs> that, if they create that negative, that negative relationship of, if I don't do this, I'm going to get yelled at. It's like, dude, you're a 50 year old man. And I'm like, and I'm 28 now, but it's like back in the beginning of my coaching career, it's like, I'm 20 years old. 
like why the fuck do you care if I'm yelling at you? And it's just cause like the position of yep. authority and all that kind of stuff. And they're at your class. Um, but it's like, I'm all, I always encourage people. I'm like, I'm like, you have a shit ton of worth, even though you need to be healthy. You're still a human, even though you need to be healthier. Like I still had worth as a kid, even though I was, you know, quote unquote, like fat and I was obese. There's still, you still have worth as a human and you should still love yourself as a person. Yeah, but then, and, but because, and what I know and what I notice and what I know like to be true for me and for a lot of other people is that once that, once you can get that shift into people's head, right. It's like, okay. It creates this dialogue of like, okay, it's okay to be where I am. And what that does is that opens the door to being like, to kind of like accepting yourself. And what I notice it does anyway, is it doesn't make people lazier and sedentary and sit where they are. It makes them want to change because they're like, I have worth and now I'm here. Now I feel ready to do the work. Um, And I, and I always tell people, I'm like, dude, it's fucking hard. Like it is, it's really fucking hard to lose weight, especially if you have a ton of weight to lose. Like I did, it's really fucking hard. It's going to take you a while right and you can't spend that entire time being like i'm a fat piece of shit who like doesn't yeah, want to get it's already it, and i don't i don't want to die like there's already so much uh, so much unpleasant that. about the process uh in yeah. terms of like the energy put out it's it you're right <clears throat> it's and it's um, but it's i'm simple I'm a, but, I'm a, but it's yeah. really hard yeah and i'm a huge proponent of like of those have to coexist of like hey man you've got to care about yourself enough to do this and that's what my, when my mom tells the story of the first time she watched, she saw me work out, she can't, she was pulling into the driveway and I was sitting in the, uh, I was sitting in the grass, putting on sneakers and she got out of the car and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to go on a run. And she's like, and she told me a, like years later, she's like, I went inside and I started weeping because I knew that I, that you had finally gotten to a place where you cared about yourself enough to make that change. Oh. Right. She's like, I couldn't do it for you. She's like, but I just, I took, I took bad food out of the house. I would ask if you wanted to go to the gym with me. And she's like, even if you went to the gym and you just sat there with me as a kid, she's like, you were still in the environment of people working. Right. She's like, you still had that, that exposure. Um, But that honestly, that worked and that saved my life was just that whole thing of like, you have worth. And my sister likes to say that She's like, you have, you've been worthy of love and you've been worthy of love and being treated well in every iteration of your body because I've been way too big. I've been way too small. And now I'm at a really good spot. Um, she's like every, every like stop along the way, you have been worthy of affection and love and like treating yourself correctly. And that I, for me at least is a much stronger thing to push to people than like, Hey, I need you to be healthy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's like, cool. I'm unhealthy. Cool. If I'm unhealthy this way, like, it's like you said, like there's so much other shit going on under the surface. And if your physical, if your physical self will stem into your brain and into your like subconscious self and it's like, okay, I'm unhealthy. So how else am I fucking up? Yeah, right? dude. That's and not, and not everybody's some hard ass. That's like, that's like, cool. I don't want to fuck up anymore. A lot of people are just like, fuck it. I'm not worth it. Yeah. Like, well, and then there's your face with a choice, you know, mm-hmm. do, do I want, what, what do I choose to feel about myself? Like we are in yeah. control of that. We just have, I mean, now you have to take the power and the energy to rewrite the habit and, yeah. and, you know, and that's it. You said something in there about uh, not attacking the individual essentially. And yeah, Dennis actually said, um, you know, he's working with a lot of high school at, well, he is working with a lot of high school athletes. Um, 
and he, I forget what his quote was, literally the quote I used uh, for the post, but it was like, am I going to tell you, you suck? Yeah. Do I yeah. mean you're anything like any less worthy of a human being because of that? No, I'm just yep. telling you that you suck at this. We got to put some work into it. It's okay. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis, Dennis was the first person to tell me that I'm, that I'm really athletic. Wow. He told it. me that he told me that at the symposium a few years ago, we were doing like jam squats or something at one of the breakout sessions. And he's like, he's like, man, you're really athletic. And I was like, I, <laughs> and my gut reaction was like, no, I'm not. But what I did was I just said, thank you. Which <laughs> and it was, like, dude. And fuck, that's huge. That's a huge step yeah. for you. And I know, yeah. I only know that because I know that's something I'm working on. Literally my wife, we just had breakfast yesterday talking about something very similar Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you don't want, you have to be as good at receiving as you can be giving, you yeah. know, because it's all around you. People, you're, you're telling the story of your worth and you're, you know, assuming how people view you and think you and, um, uh, Cooley, I, I posted this quarter a little bit ago with a Cooley was like, um, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what mm. you, I think you think I am. Right. And yeah. so you're constantly guessing. And the truth is like, create the relationship with self because a lot of people see your worth, understand your worth, but they can't make you believe your worth. And for me, that's, that's hard to say because I struggle with that. How many times in my life I heard people say, wow, you know, you're athletic or you're super talented. You're really smart. You're really funny. You're um, you're really strong, whatever, but I don't Mm -hmm. have the confidence in mind and in my body to go, yeah. I don't know. Appreciate hearing that. Thank you. You're right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying you're right. You're like, yeah, I work fucking hard at this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, uh, man, where I always tell people, I'm like, and I, I tell coaches a lot when they have to deal with like heavier, like heavier people or they're giving them a consult and it's like, what should I do? And I'm like, I say it to people in class a lot. I'm like, it's not my job as a coach to tell you what your goals are because I don't know what your goals are. Right. Only, only you fucking know what your goals are. Like, what do you care about? What do you know? I don't give, I just, uh, I said this to someone during a workout today. I don't give a shit about my mile time. Like I just, I just don't fucking care. I remember I pulled, uh, in, in a, in a few, like, I think like two years ago, I deadlifted 500 pounds for a triple. And then the next day I ran a six fifteen mile. Jesus and that dude. was, and that was, and that was, I was like, fuck it. I'm good. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Dude, I, don't, I, I don't, I was like, I, I was like, I was like two ten, and I was like, I don't give a shit now. I'm I like, think the fastest cool. mile I ever ran was like six forty eight. was in this last year. And I'm still to this date, not sure. I'm like sitting, I like tried to figure out how the GPS was wrong. There's yeah. no fucking way. There's yeah, fuck yeah, like and it and it becomes one of those things because like what I've seen a big fuck up I've seen so many coaches make is that uh, is that like okay you get a heavy person that comes into your gym well I'm gonna get them on an assault bike or I'm gonna get them running all the time it's like cool if they fucking hate that they're gonna stop because yeah. they don't like oh, themselves yeah. they don't like where they're at they don't like how it feels to walk up a flight of stairs why don't you put a fucking bar on their back. Right. You have a big dude walk into the gym. Why don't you put a bar on his back and teach him how to squat and teach him how to deadlift and teach him how to bench? Right. Why don't you just get him moving, get his, mecha- his, his mechanics solid? And then why don't you start adding weight to that bar? Because I guarantee he's going to feel good about that. Yeah. And yeah, if he yeah. wants to run and if he loves the assault bike and he loves the fucking rower and jumping rope, then just let him do that for a little bit. Because in the beginning, you just need people moving. That's exactly right? it. 
especially when people need to lose weight, man. Like, and, and like when they need to be healthier, like just, you need them coming back. We can worry about all the details of performance and balance and your aerobic versus anaerobic and strength versus like endurance, whatever the fuck it is. And people want to say, you can worry about that later. You need people moving right now and you need people coming back through the door and Go like, I walk. Yeah. I always ask people, I'm like, what do you care about? Your fitness is your business. Like, what do you fucking care about? I care about my deadlift. I care about my, my lifts. That's what I care about. I, most of the people at our gym will smoke me on any run. It does not hurt my ego at all. I'm like, fuck it. Cool, man. That's the, I, I don't care. Um, I care about doing well at jujitsu, which is another, like, just cause we're talking about activity. I will talk about that a little bit. I, I am obsessed with jujitsu. I'm obsessed with martial arts. I love that shit. Um, I've done some form of it for in some iteration for most of my life. Um, but something I really appreciate about jujitsu is that there's a style and a technique of doing everything that will suit your body type. If you're a fast guy, cool. This is, this is how we're going to teach you how to move. If you're a big guy, like I am, I'm big and strong and I'm in shape. This is what you're going to do. Like smash and pass and pressure is going to be your fucking thing. So you come in and when you get into it and you start finding these techniques that suit you, you're going to start, like you start having that positive relationship with it. Like, okay, this isn't a bad thing. Being big and coming in here isn't a bad thing because if I get on top of this fucking dude, if I learn some (laughs) sweeps and just get on top of this dude, I'm going to be able to smother him. Yeah, And that feels fucking good. And it's the same thing when you walk into the gym, you have so many fucking options for what you want to do, how you want to move and how you want to choose to get healthy. Stop letting a coach just be like, I need you to run four miles a day. Why the dude weighs as someone, as someone that weighed, that was 200 pounds overweight running is like the worst fucking option. It made my knee and my back so much worse. Um, it's like, just help them find, help them find something that they enjoy. Well, and and dude, like what you're, I wrote this down earlier in our our conversation. It's something I work with with one of my coaches and it's something I've brought into my coaching of Mm -hmm. one small win a day. doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter how much and that's something i struggle with that's the thing that i work through yeah. like well it's, it's not um it's not bold enough it's not grandiose enough like this one small yeah. wind like you know like no dude if you don't shower every day and it's something you want to do make showering the wind oh jump yeah. in the shower cold shower go for a walk meditate uh right any single thing make one meal i don't know i don't know you'll flex your toes yeah. back and forth for five minutes a day i don't know Anything that you can label as I said, I was going to do it. I did it. That's the win. Outside of that, everything else is cherries on top. And that is taking action to build momentum. And that's what you basically what you're saying of like, give them the opportunity to find success, to find something there to go. Yeah, I can do this. I can definitely do this. If that's, if that is running, you know what? I want you to run. I want you to run a quarter mile today in whatever way you want. I hate running. Mm -hmm. Let's not run. What do you enjoy doing? I enjoy walking. Great. I want you to put a timer on. I want you to walk for 15 minutes today. Yeah. Hey, find the win, find success, find um, literally the sign of success so that we can our mentally can go, wow, I can do it. I just did it. And as coaches, when they come back in the next thing, go, I can't do it and go, now, now I know you're just lying to both of us because I watched you do it yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, you can't can do, do it. it or you don't want to do it. Well, what do you want to do today? I don't want to walk again. Great. How about a bike? Ah, that sounds actually pretty cool. Let's go crush the win. Yep. But that's, that's partially the art of coaching, but that's also the 
partially the idea of going back to the fear of success and changing the narrative. Mm -hmm. I just did it yesterday, but today all of a sudden I can't. You can't or you don't want to or you won't do it. Now we're talking about really getting into the weeds of you get to rewrite this story. And yeah. that, that is scary because you're like, well, who is this I'm becoming? This is a new person. All of a sudden I went from eating, you know, Qdoba and ice cream. I have no idea who does that. Uh, in yeah, watching TV great. every night, yeah, that's me, uh, former Brian, still yeah. a little bit, still a little bit present, but it's, it's going from that person to going like, no, I'm going to go to bed. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm going to yeah. go to bed instead of eating at 10 o'clock at night and, I'm going to prepare for my day tomorrow. And those are all wins, you know? And to me, like that's, that's kind of what the fear of success in my mind really embodies is, is about creating the opportunity to find tiny successes, just like consistency of habits and building them into these bigger pictures of whether it's health or, um, you know, performance or relationship with self or someone else, whatever it is, dude, it's yeah, all built upon one little step yeah and doing a little bit a lot instead of that a lot a little bit and that's what that's what uh the way i usually put it is for everything is i say five pounds at a time gets you a really long way right like when i when i go for a pr my rule is i can only put two and a half on first love it yeah and i I tell people that all the fucking time they're like people come in and we're it will like if like we're if it's a if it's a max out day they'll put some on and they'll fail it and i'll be like dude what's your pr and they're like i don't know let's say we're back squad they're like and it's like it's 315 and i'm like then why do you have 345 on the bar just try 320 yeah like just try it and they like and maybe they'll smoke it and maybe they'll end up getting 335 right and I'm like, but dude, you don't need like these giant jumps. Right. And that's like, when I started losing weight, I did not plan on losing 200 pounds. Like why well, you would, did, you would have been overwhelmed. I didn't fucking plan on it because honestly, my, uh, I'm built, I'm built exactly like my dad. So I'm barrel chested and broad shouldered. And I always kind of have been like when I when when you look at pictures of me as a kid, I had these like big square shoulders immediately. Um, I wasn't barrel chested yet, obviously, because I was a child. That would have been terrifying. Um, but like you could tell it's like, OK, he'll grow into something like he's going to have he's going to be broad. Um, we still aren't sure why I'm so fucking tall. But um, anyway, but it became one of those things like I remember on my runs, I wasn't even thinking about weight. It was always at the, uh, the park back home there the the park has trees probably and they we have these giant fucking trees planted and the park's a mile around the loop and there's like there's probably a tree every 50 meters my goal on the run was just to get to the just to get to past one more than i did last time that was my goal and i could start walking immediately if i wanted to it was never like let's go three more it was always i just want to go one more and then when i knew i could make it it was like there's a there's a fountain in the middle of the park and it marks the halfway point i'm like let's get to the fountain like go to the fountain this time right like it, but it is it's like you said it's these it's 5 pounds at a time it's these small fucking goals like because like you said 200 pounds is overwhelming we also didn't know that i had 200 pounds to lose Right. And also it turns out I shouldn't have. So I tell people that and I'm like, but also understand that me at 185 pounds is not a good look. And he's also really fucking unhealthy too. Yeah. yeah that's, um, and that's a huge deal because it's not just most, most people that are talking about weight loss actually have the weight to lose, but yeah, there is a line of like that you have to tiptoe of like, 
we do not need to lose any more weight. We, you know, like we're talking about different body composition changes stuff, but there's so many cliches inside of what you just said of like the next 200 feet, or I don't have a hundred sprints. I've got, you know, I don't have a hundred, I don't have a hundred or 10, 100 yard sprints. I've got one 100 yard sprint one time. Yeah. They're 10 times, you know, like whatever the reps is, I'm screwing that up. But the idea there is again, like do a little bit, a lot and build upon it. You, you can't do all 10 of them at once. You can't Mm -hmm. lose 20 pounds today. You can lose one pound this week. You can lose five pounds. You know, there's the five pounds, whether it's lifting more weight or it's losing weight, get the first pound, get the first five pounds. Great. Do that, do that four times. Yeah. And I think, and I think all of that kind of stuff, like it, it, I think it, I think people don't commit to small goals because they're not, cause they're not grandiose. Right. But then suddenly you realize you're like, Oh, I ran, I ran past one extra tree today, which means I ran a mile and a half without stopping. Compounding. It's interest. like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like I lost, I'm, I'm just focusing on trying to lose like half a pound or one pound a week or something like that. Oh, suddenly I've lost 40 pounds. Cause it's been like, you know, a while. Right. Yeah, dude, suddenly, it's, suddenly it's, I've lost a bunch of weight. It's the compounding effect of picking, you know, doubling a penny every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like what would you rather have $2 million right now? Or would you re- let me double a penny every single day for the next 30 days? Most people go 2 million right now. And you're like, you know how much money you could get if you double the penny every single day for the next 30. And you're like, what, like hundred bucks. And you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> no more than well, like, more, more. like more than you could ever imagine. Like you can't make up that number. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the idea of it. It's, it's hard to wrap your head around because it's the nature of the beast, man. We mm-hmm. we're, we want everything so quickly and we, it's hard to see uh, where we can end up if we do just commit to consistently showing up and putting some effort into what we said we were going to. And yeah, again, in the fear of success, that means changing a very, what's likely a narrative from a very young age. Mm-hmm. In, in our case, a couple of decades now of that story being run. And it's yeah. not easy to rewrite. It's simple, but it is not easy to overcome the barriers that you've been comfortable with and that you have, you have bought into as truth. And, yeah. and before we wrap up, I would love to hear about how you feel that the fear of success and everything that we've talked about here, because it all is related to it. It's the way you're viewing yourself and excuse me, in a lot of ways, how does that show up in your coaching? So it shows up, it shows up in my coaching and especially professionally. I think in, in like a boots on the ground coaching people sense, like when they're right in front of me, it, uh, it leads as I lead with empathy to try to steer them around it. Cause I don't want them to have to go through the same problem that I did, the same troubles that I did trying to get healthy and in shape and strong. Um, but I also, you know, I think most coaches do like, I worry about fucking up. Yeah. I worry I'm going to give yeah. people the wrong answer. Right. And I, and also like, there is this fear. It's not, the, it's not necessarily like a fear of like, there is that fear of failure, but you almost get afraid that like you're going to get too big and that too many people are going to want you. And it's like, I'm going to let everybody down. Right. Like, or like, or like, why, why do they want me? It's, it comes back to this constant questioning thing, right? Like why, why are you listening to me? Why do you trust me as a coach? Why do you trust me with this path? Like why I always say that, like, I say that coaches don't coaches write you a roadmap, but you choose to walk it. Right. Like you choose to follow it. Right. 
what if they choose to follow it and they get everything they want? Like, I feel like the weight, the weight of decisions is why people are afraid of actually achieving that end, that end goal. And like, they don't achieving want the responsibility that decision. of making this. Yeah. Yeah. And like professionally, I remember, and I know we've talked about this, but like, you know, I remember when I was going through like the block one course, I, I put off finishing that thing for like, like an extra six months or something. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, and just, someone looked at me one day and they're like, dude, we fucking finish that thing and go get it. Dude. And this- I went home, I went home that night. I took the final, I passed it fine. And then like the next day I had booked to go down there. Um, it's, it, it's so wild. I'm not to interrupt you, but you're good. Exactly the same conversation because I had bought that, the, the methodology course and you know, you're like, Oh, you got a year to finish it. I finished in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there I was a year later, like I gotta get this thing fucking done. Right. You know, or yeah. nine, nine months or whatever it was. Uh, and it, it was not about that. It wasn't for me. It was that I thought I wasn't for it. And I've been, yeah. I've been, you know, like now I kick myself in the ass. Cause I'm like, dude, I've been following cross football since 2010. Yeah. I should have went and got, you know, I wish I had gone and got certified by them. I wish I had developed and cultivated my relationship with them. Like I am now. And that's, you know, it's exciting that I am where I am right now with it. And that we have this community of so many amazing human beings. It's, it's almost unfathomable how many like people I get to talk to on a daily basis where I'm like all this. Cause I passed the certification. Holy shit. But then I think further, we talked about this offline with school. I started a master's degree in human anatomy. I love human anatomy. Do I know if I should have been on it? I don't know. That's a different conversation, but I could study my balls off. But every time I studied, I'd be like, I'm never going to know enough. I'm never going to know enough. I'm never going to pass the exam. I could sit down with the professor like you and I are talking right now. I could tell her every single thing that I studied and she'd go, I would give you an A, but I'd sit down on the exam in my head. I would go, mm-hmm. you're not fucking worthy of this, man. You're not going to figure this out. You don't know the right answers. I would just shut my brain would shut off and I'd fail. And yeah. so I was like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid to invest in the education part of it, because I was like, you're not even giving yourself the fair opportunity to find success. And that, yeah. and when you start diving into those stories, you start to understand that that bleeds over into every aspect of your life. And I love that you brought that up as a coach is that for me, it's, I'm scared to be found out to be a fraud. And you just nailed it. We are like, well, if one person says, does, you know, we lay out these guidelines, put some guardrails up and they mm-hmm. follow it and we help them along the way and they find whatever success is defined for them. Okay. Well, it's pretty quiet still. That's cool. But what if 10 people do it? Well, then 20 people do it. And you're like, that's 20 people that one day might look at me and go, what the fuck was he talking about? He's a fraud. And I'm like, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. I'm trying to say that I'm a fraud. So that way, if somebody else comes around and tells me that I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been saying that for 31 years, man. People are just trying to like head everybody else off at the past. Yeah, dude. It's a wild, right? just, it's a wild, um, it's a wild exploration inside of your own mind um, mm-hmm. to start getting down those rabbit holes, but even more so to correct it because to correct it, you do have to accept that I am going to become a different human being. And it's a good thing, but it's not safe in the sense of comfort. We don't yeah. feel comfortable. And, and it, who says that, you know, this new version of you isn't more comfortable and more excited yeah. about life and more true to yourself and aligned. Um, so there's a lot there, man. There's a ton. But, there. It, 
it is. It's like, it's like I said earlier. And like you just said, like it, it creates this new dynamic within your brain because it's, it's another, it's adding or taking away a layer of who you are. So it takes away that it takes away the comfort of being right where you're at. And I remember, I remember there was me before, before I had my block. And then there was me after I had my block, right. There was when they called me in and then there's when I left with my block where I walked out of that building. And it's like, I'm going to go sit in there with, you know, in front of Wellborn and McQuilkin and like, just all these, and I'm spending the weekend with all these people I look up to and admire and have for years. And, um, and like with this company that like, I really like want to be a part of. And it's like, what if, what if they accept me? What if they like me? What if, what if this goes well? And it's like, I don't know who I am when it goes well. If I fail, I'm just still me. I'm still just some small town CrossFit coach. Yeah. But if I succeed, I become a part of a bigger network, uh, a, a smarter network, a wider reaching network. And I have the opportunity to really do what I want. And that is fucking terrifying, right? That's terrifying. Cause <laughs> it's like, like you said, a self-fulfilling prophecy, all this shit that you want is just on the other side of that door. It's just on the other side of that weekend. Right. And that is for, you know, so many reasons for so many reasons that it's a it's a fucking terrifying idea to get on the plane and to get on the plane and go do that i'm laughing so much because i'm thinking to the block one weekend and uh the self-fulfilling prophecy side of things is there where you're like man i was convinced i wasn't going to pass like you know i'd I'd screwed up this i could tell you everything i screwed up and like i'm not as smart as this person or whatever blah 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 and not to give away what happens, but in, in the opportunity to sit in front of um, the, the verdict, the, the judges that give the verdict, um, John was like, how do you think the weekend went? And I fucking, you know, Mr. Honest here all of a sudden was like, I think I fucking shit the bed in this part, this part, this part. And he's like, really? I was like, and that's, it was just him looking at me like, huh? Where I was that like, was your answer? He says, it's like, that's oh, yeah. I, and you start to kind of like reflect in that moment of like, what the fuck did I just say? Yeah. Ah, I, I don't know. I think there's a few things could have went, went better, but all in all, I think I, 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 you know, gave a good effort. I felt confident about a few things, feel like a couple of things need some work. And it, it's such a different answer. And I remember, I remember too, like, um, you know, Scottnik had been there and he was like, uh, a bit of an alpha in this particular situation. If, if someone described me as an alpha, most people would be like, who, Brian? Yeah. In like you just described it, it's, it was Brian before the block and Brian post block. And now you're encouraging me without even saying it to go back to that moment. Remember who you felt like you were. Although in the moment I was like, I don't deserve this thing. I also knew that more, that was a story. And the truth was I'm damn proud of myself for putting myself in this position to find and be able to work towards success. What I define mm-hmm. as success and also pause and acknowledge all of that work that I have put in, all of the things that I overcame, the anxiety, uh, the financial, whatever it was. Yeah. You can sit here for a minute and be proud of yourself. And that goes back to receiving, receiving from yourself and from others where they go, you're indoctrinated into this program. You earned this, you earned this block. You're worthy of being here. You are worthy. Yeah. No, we didn't sit there and tell you, you did everything perfectly. You did that. You're the smartest man in the yeah. world. No. You hit a standard that we are proud to have represent us. And, and I hit a standard that I am proud to represent something like that. It's, that's as simple as it is. It's, it's not about being perfect. And that to me 
is another layer of that fear of success. And I don't know, maybe it's time to kind of wrap that up, but there's, I love that you brought up the worth conversation earlier because mm. that is such a bold and impactful, um, you know, stake in the ground of how do you step into success and overcome yeah. the fear of, and on the flip side, the fear of failure. And people, and people tended like, like you just said, in a way, like people tend to define their worth based on where they're at. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know we keep talking about narratives, but that's what it always comes back to is like, you have this narrative in your head, you define your worth by where you're at. And if you've been at a, like a point that you're not happy with, you get really comfortable in it. Like when I was a kid and I was that heavy, I was suicidal. I've tried to kill myself. I indulged in self-harm. I got like my ass, I got bullied and my ass kicked all the time. Like that was just who I became. And there was just this idea in my head and like as cheesy as it sounds, I've always grown up loving action movies. It's something that I share with my mom and my grandmother. Interestingly enough, we love action movies. (laughs) So I would watch these fucking movies and I'd just be like, man, it'd be really cool to just like be strong and capable, but I'm not. Yeah. And that was, that was the end of the conversation. It's like, I'm not. It All wasn't, right, ice it was, cream. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I could do these things. It was, I'm not, right? And it, it's, it comes to this point where it's, I didn't know what it was like to not want to not inhabit my body. I didn't know what it was like to not want to die and to be able to defend myself and be capable enough to get myself out of situations. Like, I didn't know what that feeling was. And it's so foreign that it's like, I don't know if I want to do it. Yeah, dude. Right. And it's like, and like, I remember when I, when I went, when, cause I remember John asked me the same question and I have this really big role of like, especially in important situations, like my gut has never lied to me. Right. My gut has never been wrong. So it was just like, when you go in there, you're just going to say, you're going to answer everything with your gut. So when he said, how did you think the weekend went? I literally just nodded and said, I think it went well. Like, that's all I was like, I think it went well. And he just kind of looked at me and he was like, he's like, cool. He's like, good answer. On the inside, you're sitting there like waiting for it. He's like, where's the gun? He's going to fucking shoot the, you, your piece yeah. of shit gun, right? Yeah. Before, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I was like, you might go in here and say that. And like, but that's how it had felt. I was like, I was like, I was overanalyzing everything I did. And that's what people do innately. Um, yeah you overanalyze, you think too much, you, you get anxiety and you stress about things. And if you're not someone that's experienced this, I, that's awesome. Like good yeah, for you. Lucky that, for you keep, man. keep fucking riding that wave. That's great. Yeah. Um, Let me get on that it, wave. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it is one of those things, man. It's like people, it's not, what if I fail? It's just, it's just something new and you're not sure about it. And I say it a lot. The kid that I was back then, he was a really good fucking kid. He loved his friends. He took care of his friends. He, he loved his family. He was funny. He was super into the things that he was into and he was passionate. He had to go away. Like, and I would say that like, of mo- and this sounds really arrogant. Most of the people that I know, that kid was probably like, he, he had the least fear of success of anyone I've ever met because he made the decision to put on his shoes and start going running. He made the decision and he, and we understood innately that the person I am now lived in my head and it had to be able to, like, I had to be able to come out. I would say that was, that was Chris. This is Christopher. Um, So he was willing to put on his shoes and go run. He was willing to do things to take care of himself, despite the fact that he didn't know who he was going to be by the end of it. He just knew that he didn't want to die. 
Dude. He just knew that he didn't want to be here. Right. So I, I always say that. And I feel bad that that kid didn't get to do the things that he wanted to do. He wanted to be a writer. He wanted to be a professor. He wanted to do all this for a while. We wanted to be a fighter. Like he had all this shit that he wanted to do and he doesn't get to now because he's not here. And I always tell people that like for a minute, like this sound, the only like out of body experience I've ever had. And this sounds re- it tracks, but it's also cliche um, was the first time I pulled 500 pounds. I remember I picked it up and it got re- and it was on my 21st birthday. I had planned. I was like, when I turn 21, I'm going to pull 500 pounds. And I spent eight months like preparing for it. And I remember I locked it out and I pulled it and my friends were there losing their fucking mind because they knew how much it meant to me. But I remember that for just a second, it felt like that 16 year old kid was looking out again through my eyes and it felt really good. And I cried afterwards because I felt like I could give him the reassurance of like, Hey, we're good. Go get some fucking rest. Like you did way more than I'll ever have to do. Like you did all the work. Like you, you did it, man. You won. Go get some fucking rest now. I love that, dude. That's powerful. Dude. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't like, this is something I'm working on. Like, I don't think super highly of myself, but I think super highly of that fucking kid. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, um, you find your ways of, of creating success and, and that's yeah. um, you've, you've found the, the person that you can speak to. And it just so happens that it's another version of you. And yeah. um, I think that's the other thing. Uh, people are scared to do it wrong. There's no wrong mm-hmm. way. There's no right way. It's just a journey of exploration and finding out like, Oh, I'm, I'm finding traction where I want to go. And dude, I think that's a, it's just finding out what your, what your way is. Yeah, dude. A hundred percent. And I think that's yeah. a, a great place to to wrap it up there. Um, yeah, man. The hour goes by fucking fast when we start it wrapping does. on this shit. It dude. does. I love it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Round three. Um, dude, I can't thank you enough. I, I always, uh, every time we talk, I know we've only done a couple podcasts here and I've done a couple with you, but every time we talk, man, I feel filled up. It's uh yeah, dude, um, same, same. Super exciting. Um, and I know we got some, we got some things, uh, some journeys that are going to end up, um, we're going to end up on the same road together here in some capacity. Yeah. And I'm super excited about that. I really value you as a, a human and the way your brain works, not just in strength conditioning, but uh, in life. And you're, you're, Thanks, you're very cool. And um, I'm not going to ask you what, what a life well done means to you this time. Cause I don't want you to give two <laughs> answers, uh, but I do, I do love that how much you share your thoughts in what you call daily meditations on your mm-hmm. Instagram. And um, where can people find you, dude? Um, so you can find me, uh, on Instagram is where I primarily am. I add everybody on Facebook. It's just my name. It's just Christopher Bean. So if you friend me on there, I'll add you to it. Um, and on Instagram, it's at coach Christopher Bean. Um, I changed that recently. Uh, and yeah, those are the two big spots. Um, I work at Trey strength in Georgetown, Kentucky. It's down on water street. If you're around here and you know where that is. And I work at a gym called S three athletics in, Winchester, Kentucky. And I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of online programming too. So if you ever want to go to my Instagram, send me a message. If you ever need programming or just want someone to talk to, I'll usually answer. I love it. I love it, dude. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you, uh, coming back and, and spitting some fire here. This is fun for me to wrap yeah. on. And, uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate coming back too. I say, dude, we got, we got to find a way to get a lot of these East coast block ones to, um, find a central meeting ground and just have a weekend together here. Uh, yeah. if we're not yeah. able to get down to Texas anytime soon, but I'm with you. Cool, man. Well, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later and thanks for your time again. All right. Thanks, man.